Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We welcome in a man that is the definition of a yak daddy. A seven-year NFL vet that is currently a free agent. This dude has 79 grabs for 1,237 receiving yards and nine touchdowns so far in his career, averaging an insane 15.7 yards per catch. You're looking for solid hands and ball security. That's this former Trojan and Aztec as he has no fumbles in his career. And yeah, like that's actually true, man. No fumbles in his career. I would trust my future child in his hands because he's catching those footballs. I introduce to you a Norcross legend and don't ask him for nothing. Bryce Butler. What's up, man? What's happening, Dave? I appreciate you. I like that right there. (laughs) So I I, got to ask, man. The, uh, the don't ask me for nothing. Was that like from something or is that like, where does that stem from? Nah, it was, uh, actually my, my buddy, um, one of my homies named Kirby Gene Raymond. Um, he owns, or he's the creator and founder of a really big, uh, fashion brand called Pierre Moss. Mm-hmm. And we spend a lot of time together. That's my guy. And we would go to like Paris and stuff for fashion weeks. So, I'm at like contrary to belief, like I'm really like tight with my money on things yeah. that I don't feel like I should spend money on. So, you know, when we will go out to Paris and stuff like that, like everything's getting split, Ubers are getting split. You know, if 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 I don't gotta pay for it, like I'm not doing it because you know you get used to people thinking that you're gonna pay for everything, especially when you they know you have money, right? Right. Yeah. And so. You know, my whole MO out there used to be like, well, you know, you better not order this because Bryce ain't playing. He going to split it with you, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> stuff like that. So, like, Kirby Kirby one day was like, yo, like, you should do this, like, YouTube parody where, like, it's almost like a weekly occurrence or weekly episode where you're basically, like, cheap with your money. Like, don't <laughs> ask me for anything. And so I was like, you know what? Like, that sounds dope. So, like. I put it in like to my Twitter bio and then I started doing like these little like tweets, random tweets, like kind of like, don't ask me for anything. Like I don't got it type deal. Um, it was short lived, but my bio stayed strong because it seemed like everybody saw it and liked it. It's changed over time. Like when I was under my first rookie deal, it was kind of like, I'm on a rookie deal. Like don't ask me for nothing. I'm not making nothing. Then like I resigned with the Cowboys in 17 and it was like, 300,000 sign a bonus veteran minimum. So to me, it was like, I'm still on a rookie deal. So it was like, I'm still on a rookie deal. Don't ask me for nothing. And then now I'm a free. And I think it's just like, don't ask me for nothing. Like, period. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I got to ask now, like, what's your most regrettable purchase you ever made then? Uh, regrettable? Yeah. I want to say I have like regrettable purchases because I haven't really bought anything crazy. I've been blessed. So, like, when I got into the league, um, I didn't have to buy a car because I was about to get married to my wife now, who had a nice Benz SUV that her parents bought for her in college. So, she was playing ball overseas. So, it was either, like, her car was just going to be sitting in Houston not getting used or, like, the dude that she's about to marry is going to (laughs) drive the car while she's playing basketball in Poland. So, like, I just talked to her dad and was like, yo, like, I mean, we're finna get married, so, like, this is a financial play. Let me get the car. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, yeah, that makes sense, you know, because he's about to marry me. You know, he it, it yeah. looks like a, a very um, accountable thing for somebody to be like, hey, I don't want to spend money on a car. If we're about to get married, like, why can't I just – this car is paid for, right? That's so weird. my first car purchase actually was the Benz that I have now. I bought a – 550, which is like my dream car in 2016 after my third year in the league. Um, and I got a good deal on it. So I don't regret it. But that's, well, okay. I will say if I regret anything, 
it would probably be this house. Oh, <laughs> because, okay. because I bought this house after I signed to the Cardinals in 18, um, oh. thinking that with the roster at receiver at the time, I was like, there's no way I'm not going to be on this team and not be the guy. You know, it's going to be me and Larry. Larry's going to be done. You know, I can finish my career here. And my oh, wife wow. played for the Phoenix Mercury. So, like, I spent a lot of time out here. Yeah. And so I was like, shoot, I like AZ. I want to play for the Cardinals. You know, so we signed a deal with them. Uh, signed a deal, two-year deal. And I bought, I closed on this house at the end of July. And I got cut at the end of August. Oh, man. So literally, like, I owned the house for a month and I got cut. And then went back to Dallas, a place where I want to, like, you know, raise my family, you know. Yeah. And so it was like, dang, if I could have just had the foresight to wait for a month, because I had never got cut at that time. So I'm thinking, like, I'm not going to get cut. Like, this roster weak, and it was actually weak at the time. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I ain't going to get cut. Like, And I had a good camp. It was just that I had got hurt in the spring and – I had some flare up. I had some flare ups in training camp, and I think they were just like, "Ah, we don't want to take the chance." So, I would say this house because I'm I'm trying to sell it now and get out of here and go back to Dallas. I love that. Hey, and if I'm you're looking at- to buy, it's a great house, though. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a nice house. It's a nice house, but and it's in Scottsdale. I mean, I, I enjoy living here. Like I golf, so like it's a great place to golf. But right, I want to be in Texas at the end of the day. And if I would have spent this same amount of money on this house in Texas, I will have a really big house. <laughs> I love that. Hey, judging from how this is already, man, like I'm, I'm interested to hear you talk about your career. Some I feel like, man, like you're just about to break down everything for us. And I, I kind of want to like start out just one question about for high school. Cause I always like starting out with high school questions. You were a super prep, all American ESPN top 150, 20 mm-hmm. other awards that I wasn't going to like write down everything, but you also ran track. And my question was, when you would catch a ball in high school, did anybody catch you ever? I have got caught one time that I remember. Um, it was like a it was like a preseason game, if you will. It was at the end of the game, tired. I was playing both ways. Um, the team that we were playing against had a pretty decent tight end, so I was like guarding them, and they tried to throw a fade. I catch the fade like seven yards deep in the – I catch the interception like seven yards deep in the end zone. And I'm like, all right, we playing a bunch of white dudes. I'm finna take this to the crib. I'm finna take this to the crib. And like, it was good. And I got tired around like the 50 yard line. And this short white dude was running me down. And he grabbed me. <laughs> and I remember like I could, I like I couldn't live that down because I was like the, one of the fastest, well probably the fastest guy on my team. And so everybody was like, what? Like you let this white dude catch you? Like you know, like whatever. So yeah, like I have been ran down before. Um, I can't say the same in the pros, though. Ah, uh, one time. It was preseason game. I guess I have a problem with preseason. I guess my body just be tired in the preseason. I get ran down in the preseason game. I guess my legs be tired. <laughs> no, I love that. So then you took the, all those awesome times in high school, and you took it into college, went to the prestigious USC, 20 catches, two touchdowns as a redshirt freshman, which is really dope for a school like USC. Yeah. And then you played under Pete Carroll, and then under Lane Kiffin, and I was curious: is there what was the difference like being coached under Pete compared to being under Lane? I don't have to be careful because I don't really care about Kiffin at all. But <laughs> we hear that from a lot of people. <laughs> it was just, it was like, okay, yeah, like it, let's put this, let's put this precursor in there. Like when I went to college. I redshirted my first year and I still had the the strong desire obviously to go to the league and I did and I played for a long time but some of that kind of took a little bit of that mental steam out of my mind like you know you're practicing but you're not playing and like that kind of messed me up because like my whole like my freshman year it's like stay up until four o'clock in the morning wake up at seven you know work out go to class, sleep in class all day, go to practice at three or four or whatever, fall asleep in meetings because you're tired still, and then go practice, ball out and practice, talk trash to like guys like Clay Matthews, Brian Cushing, you know, Taylor Mays, guys like that. Do that all day. And then like 
that night, and I didn't even drink alcohol, but like that night, like go out because like mm-hmm. I didn't have to play. <laughs> so like that kind of messed me up. Like when I look back, like that kind of messed me up to start my college out because now like when I was a redshirt sophomore or a redshirt freshman, yes, like I was focused, I was grinding, but like still some of me like was like, Oh, I want to go do this. Or I want to go check this girl out. I want to, you know what I'm saying? Cause I was already doing that, you know, yeah. as a redshirt freshman and I should have been like in the gym all night doing all that. Like, and I trained hard, but like still like at night I want to be up all night. You know what I'm saying? So like when Kiffin got there, I still was juggling. I loved, I loved Carol. Like Carol got a lot out of me. Um, and I was set up to be, I was setting myself up to be like the guy, like the next guy. And then when Kevin came in, I think he put me up there. Like you're the guy already kind of. And then like, I took that like, yeah, like I'm comfortable and I played well. I had a good camp, but I still at that time didn't really, I didn't, I still at that time didn't really take like the practice seriously. So like if I dropped a pass in practice, like I was like, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But like, didn't, wasn't really thinking that it was like counting because my whole red shirt year, it doesn't count when you're on scout team, Mm -hmm. but it does count when you're like trying to vie for a position, you know what I'm saying? And play. Right. So that kind of like messed me up. And so Kiffin, even though like I hated his guts and like we used to go back, you know, and forth at it like all the time, like we like had blowouts. If you ask like Robert Woods, Marquise Lee, TJ McDonald, Matt Barkley, like if you ask them about my relationship with Kiffin, like they will tell you, like they, like this dude, Bryce, like Bryce doesn't ever get mad, but this dude used to cuss (laughs) him out. Like I cussed Coach Kiffin out like a few times at practice and got kicked out of practice and like nobody would get kicked out of practice. And I'm not that type of guy. Right. So like he used to just piss me off. So we had those things, but at the same time, when I look back at it, obviously I'm 30 now. When I look back at it, if I would have been, if it wasn't for Kiffin in that scenario, happening to me I probably wouldn't have played as long as I did because like I would have had this like nonchalant attitude towards like practice oh I drop a pass is okay and so since I had that if you mess up it's counting toward you know counting against you all that mentality like I had that like I'm not dropping a pass I'm not fumbling the ball and that's what took me that catapulted me into into the league and it helped me so like if I see Kevin today, like I might cuss him out. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. At the end of the day, if it wasn't for him, like I probably wouldn't have played as long as I did. So like being the you know, being the guy that I am and I sit back and look at things, like I can't not give him credit for like my scenario at SC because like there's a lot of other teammates that played more than me in college, were all Americans and did not play as long as me. Right. You know what I'm saying? In the pros. Um so Obviously, like, I have to give credit where credit's due because, like, if I didn't go through that. Now, mind you, I wish I didn't do that to myself. Um, but, yeah, I have to give him some credit, even though, like, I don't want to. Uh, you seem, like, to be really introspective about your career and everything that's gone on. I'm curious, you know, you kind of have sports in your bloodlines. Your dad played corner in the NFL and your brother, you know, he played pro basketball it's, you know, what was your relationship with football and training growing up? Like, was it something you hated to do or and you were just good at it? Was it something you loved to do? Like, how did you, how was your relationship with the game growing up? Nah, nah, I love football. I mean, still to this day, like, I turn on, I got NFL Sunday ticket. I'm watching every game. Even though I'm not in, I probably, reluctantly, like, I probably won't get back in. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I've kind of, I've kind of accepted that. Um, but I still watch the game, like, I talk to my boys all the time on certain teams that, like, I have good relationships with, like, giving them pointers. Like, hey, bro, like, I'm watching this. Like, you can't do that. You know, you got to do this. Like, you doing this the same every time. You know what I mean? Like, I still talk to them and have those open dialogue conversations with guys. I literally just hit up all the receivers that play for the Dolphins the other day because we still in the group chat. And was basically like, what the hell is going on? Like, why would y'all bench Fitzpatrick? Like, what's happening over there? Yeah, so like we, you know, I still, like I'm still involved in the game. Um, But to answer your question, B, um, nah, like I loved it. Like I was actually better at basketball up until high school. 
So like okay. I was a basketball, like I was a football guy here, but I was a basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. Like if you talk to my buddies I grew up with, they'll tell you like, we didn't have no respect for Bryce on the football field, but that dude on the basketball court was something you didn't want to deal with, you know? So, but I never saw myself as wanting to hoop. I was good at it, but I never saw myself as wanting to hoop. My older brother always wanted to hoop. I was the only one that played football. So, like, you can imagine my dad, 12-year NFL vet, first-round pick, has one son out of four that wants to play football. Like, you know, we you know we got it in. So like play football, yeah. Yeah, like, we got it in. So, like, once, you know, I love football, I love football, but I, I was okay, like, some years it was better than others, right? Playing Pop Warner growing up. And then when I got to high school, I was still running track, playing basketball, playing football. And our basketball team was really good. Like every year I was in high school, we went to the state championship. The first year when I was on the team, we lost. And the next three years we won. And this is in Georgia, top, you know, 5A. Now it's 6A, yeah, but yeah. 5A top classification. You know, Lou Williams, uh, like big time people, right? Like yeah. in my county. So that just shows you how good our basketball team was. We were nationally ranked. Jody Meeks was on my team. Alpha oh, wow. um Chief, I think that he goes by Chief. Chief Amino, Jeremy Lamb. He Whoa. wasn't on the team, but he was younger than us. So like he uh -huh. was like the next guy, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And a lot of guys that played overseas, like my brother played overseas and a lot of other guys. Um, so, you know, growing up, I was better at basketball, but I always wanted to play football. And my dad knew that. So like once after our freshman year passed, my dad was kind of like leaving nuggets in my ear. Like, look, man, like basically like you're not fast, you know, you know, you're not strong right now. If you want to do what you want to do in football, like you need to stop playing basketball because this high school's program is, you know, too big time, you know, and the football program was getting better. And so he was like, if you really want to play football and have a chance, like you probably need to like stop playing basketball and start, you know, tracking the off seasons, go to these football training facilities so you can get bigger, faster, stronger, and you can give yourself a better, you know, chance to getting scholarships. Cause in high school, I formulated this group called like the D1 boys. And like, it was like five of us that basically declared like we was going to do whatever it took to get to D, you know, to division one college. So I, I was that. that guy. Like I was that like kind of like cocky, confident guy. I was like, I'm going D one. Like, it doesn't matter. Like I remember, you know, my brother Jody and like some of the football players that were a lot older than me used to make fun of me, like as a freshman and they should have, cause I was just a just skinny freshman that couldn't run. You know what I'm saying? And they'll yeah, be like, yeah. man, you're not going D1 and all this. And I used to be like, okay, write your name down. <laughs> okay, write your name down. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, nah, like, it was it was easy growing up with my pops because, like, we can be in the living room and we can be watching film and he's telling me this is cover this, this is cover that. Like, this is how you beat that, this is how you beat that. And then his teammates that play receiver, like Stacy Bailey, um, he ran a football camp that, that would go on in the spring. Like it was like once a week, every Sunday. And then like, we would go like work on our games while basketball season is going on. So like, if I didn't quit basketball, I would not have gotten better because I would not have been able to spend that time. So it was actually a blessing that I had him. It, and my dad was never the type that was like, um, like, you got to do this. Like, ah, like my dad was like, if you want this, this is what you have to do. Like that. If if you don't he want was, it, like he was never pressuring you to be a defensive back full time. He he let you be the wide receiver. Well, no, he he used to he used to be like, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, the easiest way for you to make a lot of money in the pros, he was like, you're six two. In high school, I was like six two. He was like, you're six two. You can run, and like I can get you right playing corner. He was like, it'll be easy for you, like to be a top corner. Like nobody at that time, corners were still short. Now, like after Carroll got back into the league, now you got the tall corners everywhere. Like if you look at Carroll's, I mean, if you look at what Carroll had in college when I was there, they were, everybody was tall. Like all the DBs were about six feet Cor corners, yeah. everything were about six feet. If you look at his roster now, it's the same. Like all the corners in Seattle are like six feet. Like one of those guys are like six, three. He's taller than me. You know what I'm saying? Like the dude yeah. with the dreads, like the real tall, lanky guy. He's like six three, six four. Shaq, like he Shaq Griffin, right? Or Shaquem Griffin? Maybe tall, dark skinned dude. I don't really know his name. He trained with me here though. Like I, I didn't really talk to him much, but 
he's really tall. So like my dad was like, if you can be six three playing corner, like you can get paid a lot of money. And I was like, man, I ain't tackling nobody. I'm trying to play <laughs> football. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah, he he used to do that, but it wasn't like you gotta play court, you know what I mean? So Right. So Bryce, we we touched on your speed a little bit. I wanna like highlight that for a second. You ran a four three seven. I know, I know for a fact that you ran a four two something at some point. Like unofficial, had to be clocked. Mm-hmm. We're under four three. So two two part question. First one, is that true? And second, if you gave me a twenty yard head start, could I beat you to the forty? Because uh, we had Jacoby Ford on here, and he said I'd probably <sighs> get him. So I'm curious. Do you but think Jacoby probably ain't doing nothing right now. Jacoby's been out for a while. That's my guy. So yeah, he probably <laughs> like yeah, I might pull my hamstring if I try to run after you right now. Um, but to answer the latter question, you wouldn't beat me now. Maybe twenty yard head start. That's a lot of that, for that's forty. 40 yard, you gotta for think forty about yard it. dash. Yeah, you gotta think about. Oh it. yeah, you should get there in four seconds. I think <laughs> I, I think I ran it in like a. It was barely under five, but that might be like my best. But that's at a forty or a twenty. That's for a forty. Yeah, like I wouldn't catch you. That that means I would have to catch you in like two and a half seconds. David just asked that Almost. question so we can bring up that under five forty time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm very proud of it, but I mean, I was like, all right, I'm interested because Bryce is like, you're again, you and Jacoby are the two fastest guys we've ever had. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm interested to think if he could catch me or not. That I, think Jac- I think Jacoby was faster than me because I mean, he was like a track guy in college too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he we were teammates my rookie year. Oh, that's right. Oh, and yeah. you um you eventually went to the Raiders, which is funny too, because he was obviously where he's known for. So then let's let's stick with the league then, because yeah, you did get drafted in the seventh round. I actually have it in my notes if I read it. Seventh mm-hmm. round pick to the Raiders, two oh nine overall. Um, so how jacked up were you that you got drafted? Did you drink some alcoholic beverages? How'd you celebrate? Oh, uh, I didn't I, I didn't drink at that time, so no, there's no alcohol. Um it was interesting because, like, I was really pissed off. Like, there was a lot of things that, like, went through my mind because I was like, yo, like, with my talent, what I did, like, on my pro day or whatever, like, I should be top three round picks. Like, you know, like, with my talent, you know what I mean? So, like, it was just a lot of, like, like, I just told you before, like, man, like, did I, like, do what I was supposed to do in college? Did I get screwed or did I screw myself? Like, you know, you think about a lot of stuff. Then I went to San Diego State. Our quarterback sucked, so I didn't catch no balls. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, right. you don't think about it like that. You're like, I didn't catch any balls. So, like, these dudes probably think I'm weak. I went from SC to San Diego State, caught 22 balls. Like, the tight end caught more balls than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and our tight end was really good. Gavin Escobar, he was a third-round pick. He got drafted to the wrong team, though, which was the Cowboys. So his career ended <laughs> His career ended shorter than it was supposed to, but um, yeah, like you think about all that, huh? You buying wedding the whole time? Yeah, and like that, nobody was giving up that. Derek, it didn't matter if they had Travis Kelsey in there; like he wasn't yeah. going to play over uh, Jason Witten. So, um, yeah. with all that being said, yeah, obviously when I got drafted, like you don't care; like you're like yes. Right now, I wish I I got slip. I wish I slipped down in the draft a little bit, maybe a couple more picks after that to the Green Bay Packers because mm. they were they had two picks and they were going to draft two receivers. And I took a visit there, and they were like, "Look, you know, we got two picks in the seventh round. If you're available, we're gonna snag you." And I was like, "Aaron Rodgers." <laughs> um, but obviously, I was just excited I got drafted. Now, you know, now I can sit back and be like pissed because. You know, we had a quarterback that was very inadequate, and that he was so inadequate <laughs> that they turned him, they turned him into a receiver. Um, and our team was just bad. Our team was bad. It's funny because John's a big Raiders fan. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I love the Raiders. I love Oak. Like I miss Oakland. Like I was just in Vegas, and um, for a little golf little thing, and so like seeing their stadium like done, it was like, man, that's sick, you know. And I was like. But it's still not going to be like the Coliseum. It's not. It can't be the same. You know what I mean? Like I still yeah. like. Trust me. Like I still bleed black and silver. Like I I love that place. I still have like a lot of um, deep connections, um, really close friends that I'm still tight with that live up in that area. So like, there's yeah. no, there's no shit. Like I'm wearing black and silver right now. Literally. Like I have <laughs> black on, silver shorts right yeah. now. Like, but our team sucked. That's just what it is. Like, 
it's, it's something with the like the Raiders. Like it's, I'm a big Chiefs fan, so like yeah, it, it's I'm, it's just like I'm starting to come around to the Raiders because I'm like all these guys are such good guys. I'm like I, I might have to be my <laughs> second team. Like at, that'll be hard for you to do that inside the division. Yeah, I, I mean that that just that wouldn't be logical for you. I mean, the more Raider guys that come on like you that are like that are this cool with us, it's like I might have, have to start thinking about it more. Well, I mean, um, we have to kind of be cool because we had humble beginnings. That's true. Um, I am interested though, but uh, so obviously, when I first like hear your name, the first team I associate with you is the Cowboys. That's where you spent most of your career in Dallas. Yeah. Yep. And so I'm interested. It's kind of a multi-part question, so kind of feel free how you want to answer it. Um, what was it like, obviously, playing in Jerry's world, Dallas, the center of the football world? And then, obviously, when Dez went down in 2015, that was kind of like your coming out party. You had that 67-yard grab against New Orleans, a nice game against, Buff- against Buffalo, kind of your your best season at that point. And you were like – even the casual football fan knew you were like – you were one of the best deep threats in the league at that point. So what was it like kind of at that point in your career? Um. That was my third year, so Jack Rio came into Oakland. I was coming off a shoulder surgery that I had, and I thought from what was said to me was they had, like, high plans for me, right? And so they brought in Crabtree. They brought in Amari Cooper. And, you know, I felt like it was going to be, like, us three, and we were just going to go to work with D.C. Um, and then I had a great camp. And they wanted me to play special teams. And, like, at that time, like, I wasn't bought into that. Like, I was like, first of all, like, we've won seven games in the last two years. And, like, I'm basically top – I'm the third top – I'm the best top – I'm top three here. Coop, crap, me. My receiver coach already told me that. And so, like, I was like – what? like, Coach Rob Moore told me that. So, like, I'm like, what do I have to prove? And, like, they were like, nah, like, the third receiver has to play special teams. And I was like – there's no way in hell you're going to make your third best receiver have to run down on kickoffs, do all this stuff. Like, I've already done that my first two years. I'm tired of it. I hate it. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me just catch the football, right? And they weren't lying. So, like, literally, I literally had the best camp out of everybody because, like, Coop didn't have to do much because he, the, the, he was the fifth pick, yeah. I think, overall pick. Crabtree didn't have to do much because he was, like, the high-ticketed guy that they had brought in. And so it was just really a, a battle for the third spot. And I freaking went to work. And then to go into the first week, they were like, you're not even dressing up. And I was like, really? I was like, okay. I was mad. Like, I was hot. Like, I was hot. And I remember being like, I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. And I was like, I don't know how to, like, say this to somebody because at that point, you know, I wasn't in that predicament. And then I remember my wife was like, um, so the first game happened. My grandma was there, my mom was there, and my brother was there, and I didn't play. And so that night, Monday night or Sunday night football, Cowboys, Giants, we're sitting up there watching the game. Dez gets hurt, and my wife is from Houston. So they grew up Cowboys fans, right, because obviously the Texans came around, like, later. So um, – I remember she was like, the Cowboys need to call you. Like, you need to get traded there. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Two days later, I was a Cowboy. And uh, and that year, like, was dope, but then it sucked. Because, like you said, um, I caught that 67-yard bomb. I think it was my first catch um, Sunday night versus the Saints. But I pulled my hamstring on that catch. So, like... I always be thinking in my mind, like, bruh, if you would have just been properly hydrated, like, your situation would be so uh-huh. much better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because Dez was gone, Terrence isn't a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not a diss to him. He's just right. not a number one guy. He's a, a complimentary guy. Good receiver, complimentary. And then Cole is – Cole's a beast too, but, like, you know, he's a slot. So, like, right. he's not your – you know, he can play outside, but he's not your ex, Right. I'm like an ex, split in, put me on, you know, give me one-on-one, let me do my thing. That's me. And so it was like a perfect scenario. And then finally, once I finally got comfortable in the offense, like I think it was my third or fourth week, catch a bomb, pull my hamstring. Now I'm out like seven to eight weeks. I think maybe even longer than that, trying to get healthy. Well, no, I actually tried to come back like 
two weeks later when we played the Giants, had a decent game, had that like two or three catches for like 60 yards, caught a go ball, couldn't run, caught a go ball. And, uh, and then I like basically after that was like, I can't play on this. Like, I can't play on this, you know? And it was scary because, you know, I'm new to the team there. Right. And so, yeah. So they had to bring Dez back earlier than they wanted to. And Dez came back, you know, and that was basically the decline of, you know, Dez Bryant there, like the foot. And then it was kind of like his slow decline. And then I came back after he left again when I was healthy and they find, they let me play. Like I was like ready to go. Like I think the last five games of the season, but they just kept me on ice. And then they let me loose against the bills and the Redskins and I had really good games. And so like, at the end of the year, they're like, yo, like, if you stay healthy, you're going to be straight. Like, Tony was talking to me, like, look, it's going to be a battle for the number two. You know, we got this, but it's going to be a battle. And I'm like, all right, for sure. Um, that didn't really happen. So I was basically the fourth receiver. It was interesting, right? So in Dallas, I was always the fourth receiver. It was Dez, Terrence, Cole, me, right? But if if Dez got hurt, everybody knew I went from four to one. Hmm. Okay. So I went from like, you know, maybe two targets a game, whatever. And if Dez got hurt or he couldn't play for whatever reason, I was the guy. So I would get 10 targets, 11 targets or whatever. It wasn't Terrence. It was me. And we played well together, though. Like me and Terrence like fed off each other well because I was like the intermediate down the field guy. Terrence slants, whatever, you know, digs, whatever. And like we played like the games that I started, like me and him played well together. Um, But that was like my predicament. So that was the stuff that bothered me when I was in Dallas. Cause I'm like, how, like everybody knows this, the coaches are telling me this, the players know this, how am I the fourth receiver? But then like when the best receiver, you know, goes down, I'm the number one guy. Like that doesn't make sense. Like at least I should be number two. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So right. stuff it like sounds, that. It sounds like a lot of like a lot of coaches and GMs are telling, you know, players kind of just what they want to hear in the moment. Like, is there is there a franchise that players talk about that is like notorious for being truthful and notorious for you know shooting straight with you? It's the ones that are the best. Yeah, and who are and who are those teams? The Patriots, the uh-huh. Seahawks, the Chiefs. Yep. Yeah, like those teams are the ones that shoot it straight. Like, if you're not balling, you're not going to play. Right, right. If you're balling, you're going to play. If you're consistent, you're going to play. If if you show up late to a meeting. We might kick you off the team. Like that's what we're like, right, right. like that's the better teams are the ones that are like that. The ones that you know have like you know hierarchy where like a guy can show up to meetings like all the time, never get fined, you know all that type of stuff. Those are the teams that typically have chinks in their armor, and it shows on and it shows on Sundays. Um, so yeah, like now, mind you, a lot of coaches, especially if like they used to play. And their position coaches, they'll tell you the truth, but then they will right. also tell you it's not my decision who plays or who doesn't. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're kind of like middle management. Yeah, they're just like, look, you're my guy. I would play you all the time, but like the G, like the management personnel, they drafted this guy in yeah. the second round, and like he has to play. Like that's it's right. out of my hands. So don't be coming to me cussing me out in the meetings because you're mad. <laughs> like it's not me. Like you know what I mean. Right. So. Right. You know, okay. when you hear stuff like that from coaches, like, you're like, all right, well, at least, like, you're telling me the truth. Like, the coaches that, like, players hate are the ones that are like, man, you just need to do this. Like, you just need to do this, and it'll work out for you. And it's like, bro, yeah. like, come on, man. Like, stop. Like, just tell me what you think. Like, come on. Just tell me what you think. Right. But, nah, if you if you would do a little bit of this, like, no, oh, bro. That would bother me, man. Yeah, like, nah, bro. Like, I'm productive. Every time I get an opportunity in the game, I'm making plays. And, like, you guys are giving me more. Like, that's not how it's supposed to work. So, um, I have it in my your mind. Career. Like that, I could think of. I was just going to say, one that's in New York right now, I feel like it's probably just like that, like what you're saying. <laughs> Go ahead, Brad. Uh, um, over your career, did you say you progress more learning from other wide receivers around you or coaches? That's a good question. Uh, 
if if coaching would if coaching was broad as to like receiver specific trainers that I would see in the off season, I would say it's probably like sixty forty coaches players. Um, but if you're just talking about like football coaches, like the ones that are like employed by like the organization, I would right. say like I, I learned like seven like like most of my physical stuff I learned by like watching other players. And then, you know, obviously like, like for instance, I might have a receiver coach that really isn't a receiver by trade, but like he's a smart offensive guy. So like he had to be the receiver coach. Right. So I can learn a lot from him about the game and how to like watch schemes and defenses and like what offenses beat what defenses. Right. But he might not be the best teacher in like how to run routes. Because, uh-huh. like, let me tell you something as well. Coaches hang their hats on the best player that they've coached. Mm. Right? So, like, David, right. David, like, I don't know if you play football, right? But just say you didn't. But, yeah. you like, you you know football. Like, you've been an equipment guy. You've been a video guy. And then you end up being a coach. And, like, your first three or four years, you coached, like, uh, A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. Right? So everybody after him is going to be like, I coach, you're going to be like, I coach AJ Green. This is how AJ does it. Run yeah. around like this. This is what like greatness looks like. You know what I mean? Right. That's how, like, uh, that's how Adam Gates got the like quarterback whisperer thing, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to go by the best guy that you've coached. So like, mm-hmm. it's almost like a curse if like you get a coach that like, didn't really play receiver or really understand receiver, but he coached like Megatron or like some good, you know, some good young player. That's just a physical monster. And then they're going to basically be like, I coach this guy. Like, you don't know what the, you can't tell me nothing. You know, right. coaches, coaches have egos too. Right. They, and some of them are just as big. I don't want to say this, but like you can parallel them to, and it's not bad. Like I'm trying to par- I'm trying to parallel this without it like seeing very volatile what I'm about to say. <laughs> but like the coach, like the coaches. Uh, should I say this? The coaches. <laughs> if there was a coaches union or a coaches network, just think of them how like the police union and the police network is. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, okay. And I don't. Right, and I'm not trying right, to mean it. I'm not. No matter what. Right. You're going to ride for your guys. You, a coach can suck. He get fired. He'll have a job in two days. Like stuff like yeah. that, right? Like so if a guy has coached a certain guy, he everybody that he coaches until he has another great player, is gonna, he's going to teach based off that guy. That's just how uh-huh. it works. So, and that might not work for me, right? So, right, right. Um, I would say it, it to ultimately answer your question, B, it would be I've learned a lot from players over time because, like, you snag something from this guy, you can snag something from that guy, even if they don't play. Like, a practice squad player can be really nice at running a slant route, like, nice. Yeah. And I can be like, ooh, like, I need to put that in my game. Like, you know, what you like, what you be doing? Like, is that just a field thing or are you just, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, you know, is that a technical thing? So, like, I would say that, yeah, because, like, when I got to – when I was in college, I hurt my back catching, like, a jump ball. So, like, for a long time, like, I was, like, kind of, like, I always would second-guess a jump ball for a long uh-huh. time, which was funny for me because I've always been, like, a deep, you know, down-the-field guy. Um, and so when I was in Oakland, we didn't throw jump balls much. So, like, when I got a jump ball opportunity, I didn't really come up with it. You know what I'm saying? And so when I got to Dallas, I mean, what do we know Tony Romo and Des Bryant for? Like 50, straight 50. fades, 50-50 yeah. balls, you know, fades all the time. So that's like how we practiced. Like we did it all the time. So, you know, going to Dallas was awesome because it was like I'm 6'3", I jump a 40-inch vertical, I'm 200 pounds or whatever. You know, I can run. And I'm a deep ball guy. But like when I got down there, like I didn't attack the ball like I did towards the tail end of my career there because like right. we, it was like, you better go get that ball. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's how it was there. Cause like Des was the guy and that's what he did. Um, they didn't care about Terrence doing that because that wasn't Terrence's game. They didn't really care about Cole doing that. That wasn't his game, but it was my game. I just had kind of been like, 
I don't want to hurt my back. You know what I'm saying? Right. right but right. like when I got there, it was like every Wednesday, our one-on-ones weren't like field one-on-ones. They were red zone one-on-ones. It started at the seven yard line and went into the four yard line. So like for me, like I, I had two options, fade slant. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, you know, you know, it got it got me back to attacking the ball. So, um, and then I learned a lot of that stuff from Dez because Dez was one of the best deep ball guys in the league at the time. And so, like you know, talking with talking with him a lot, like bro, like how you doing that? Like you know, like how you you know how you look so calm and the ball in the air and the guys all over. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah I would say players. Dang, bro, where like you the, where uh, you at? You on the East Coast somewhere? Yeah, oh, yeah. man, I'm I'm, I'm in uh. <laughs> I'm in Maryland. It's getting dark early. I'm like, I know, I know you black, but damn, bro. <laughs> that's no, let hilarious. Me, uh, let me turn on the, the light. Right <laughs> <back>. <laughs> oh man, we're talking with Bryce Butler, speedster, NFL deep threat. Bryce, I want to be respectful of your time, so we'll get at it. We'll get you out of here on this. All right. Um, so we do a little bit of rapid fire whenever we have people come on. Just right. 10, 10 like little quick questions. First one that comes to your mind. All right. So, number one, catch a touchdown or juke someone in the open field that's all over the highlights? Touchdown, bro. That makes the money. Juking somebody don't do nothing for you. Sports Center don't do nothing for you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I like it. All right. Pancakes, waffles, or French toast? Pancakes. No hesitation. I like it. No uh, question. Is a hot dog Bad a sandwich? Joke. No, and hot dogs are never getting eaten by me, so I don't know. Not the glizzy king over here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not eat, I'm not eating dogs. Is it is it because of the image of the dog, or is it because of the? It's taste? just like unless it's like a a sausage link, like a chicken apple sausage link, or something like that, and like you just smash it between like a hot dog bun. I'll eat that, but like a hot dog, like I'm not eating a hot dog. All right, that's like, I don't know what's in it. Like I'm not eating a hot dog. <laughs> that's like fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, All I'm right. Rather, would you rather get 10k right now or a penny every time you reach in your pocket for the rest of your life? Well, see into it that, like, well, now 10k, you said a penny every day, a penny, a penny anytime you reach in your pocket for the rest of your life, you reach in, there's always a penny or 10k. I'll give it to you right now. Hold on, let me do the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick. So think about all the trips to Coinstar. Let's think ten years times three hundred and sixty-five. So that's three thousand six hundred and fifty pennies. That's only if you did it once a day, though. If you did yeah, it like once a day. You said every time I reached into my pocket. Every time you reach in your pocket. Uh, I, I guess I'll have to take the pennies. Hopefully I live for a long time. <laughs> all right. I like that. The long term right? Yeah. Um would you rather look frail but be strong or be strong and look frail? I mean, I already look frail, so <laughs> I, I, I'll go with what I got. All right. Would you rather eat spaghetti through a straw or blend it in a smoothie? Uh, I knew I was going to get the stink face one time. Uh, ooh, I don't know about – ooh, even though I love spaghetti, I don't know if I w- would want to drink it. Yeah, I would think – I think I'll have to – Ah, sucking through a straw. Ah, uh, okay, smoothie. That's a tough smoothie. That would um, be tough, but I don't know how the straw will work. Fulfill your biggest <laughs> wish or resolve your biggest regret. I'll say something that house right there. <laughs> uh, I would probably say resolve my. Uh, I mean, fulfill my biggest wish. Okay. All right. That would, mean, that, would, that would mean Hall of Fame, football, all that. So I still be playing right now. Love it. Um, all right. Last three. Listen to Justin Bieber or watch the Hallmark Channel for the rest of your life. Oh, I'm listening to Beeves, bro, all day. Oh, you a Beeves guy? That's the hey, Beeves hey, is not weak, dog. Beeves be got, got some heaters. And then he did the Drake Popstar video. I'm That's right. That. Yeah. I like, I like Beeves, man. I ain't messing with Hallmark, though. See, Bryce, now I feel like I like you even more now because I, I'm ashamed to sometimes say that I like to bump Beebs. So now I feel better if you bump it, then I feel good about it. Beebs is for the culture. He understands. Okay. Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? 100 duck-sized horses? 
Yeah, so little mini horses, there's a hundred of them, or one horse-sized duck, so one giant duck. A giant duck, I think I could out him out quickly. Yeah, I know you got like a mean right hook or something. Like I think that. I can out him quickly. Okay. Just like kick his like leg, his knee, his knee thing, that whatever that knee joint is, it'll be bigger. I'll just kick yeah. him in it, and he might be done. <laughs> I, got a, I got a bonus question. I got a bonus question that's okay. not as fun. All right. So after listening to you talk, you're still working out. You're still talking to guys. You're still trying to help people grow and become the best they can be. Are you interested in getting into coaching or GMing or anything like that? That's funny um, because my last football coach, which was Flores, he would talk about that a lot. He'd be like, man, like if you ever want to be a coach, like let me know. Even while like I was still like playing and like, you know, during training camp. And I used to take that as a disrespect. Like, hold on. Like, you don't think I'm going to be here, fam? Like, wow, why are you telling it. me that? You know, and so even when I got let go, like, we had a cool talk in the meeting room. And he was like, look, like, for real, like, if you want to coach, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'll give you a job or I'll let you start. You know what I mean? And so, like, my dad used to say, you know, he thought about it, but it's just a lot of time. Like, it's so time consuming, bro. Like, they're going longer. They're they're going. They're long, their days are longer than the co- the players. Like, so, and I thought about that, but, like, bro, like, I would technically have to be a do-boy, like, ASAP. Mm -hmm. So, like, Uh, I'm going from, like, being a guy on the team to, like, turning around and I'm coaching and, like, these coaches, now I'm their do-boy. So, like, I got to hear Coach Flores, like, hey, go give me some coffee. And, like, knowing him, like, he's going to, like, it's going to be funny to him because uh, he's going to know that, like, I don't like it and he's going to be like, hey, And he's going to be like, hey, B, come here for a minute. I'm going to be like, what's up, coach? Uh, what you talking about? He's going to be like, hey, man, go give me a decaf. And he's going to, like, laugh. And I'm going to have to do it. Like, <laughs> I don't know about that, man. Type shit. Like, I'll be like, hey, man, I'm going I'm to hit you with this right hook if you keep playing with me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what? I don't know. I mean, I know I could be, I could be a really good coach. But, oh, man, I don't know if I want to sacrifice all that time, dog. Like, because when you – like, a lot of coaches, like, not all of them, but, like, a good amount of them, like, they got family issues, dog, like, because they be gone all yeah. the time, man. Like, if you if you see a coach that's been a coach for, like, 50 years, like, 30, 40 years, like, you always go, like, if, you have, if you've been married one time, like, your wife is a soldier. Andy Reid. You know, like, your wife is a soldier because, like, you got to bounce. Like, one of my coaches, like, um, I think one of my coaches said – he used to work at Tampa. His kids were young. He got a job somewhere else. I think, oh, in San Diego. He got a job with the Chargers, like the whole other side of the globe, or the, like the States. And he didn't get a house. He kept them back home in, in, in San Diego, I mean, in Tampa, because they didn't wow. want to come. And he would sleep in the office. Wow. Man. You know what I'm saying? So, like, his family's not with him, and he's, like, gone all the time. And a lot of coaches do that. Like, some players, like, you know, like, some players might live here and play in Miami, and they might leave their families behind. You know what I'm saying? Um, Like, I'm cool with, like, being away from my family for, like, a couple weeks at a time. But, like, if I was, like, going for my family for, like, three, two months, three months, then it's like, all right, bro, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm So, I don't know. Because, like, you can, like, coaching – I could be with Flores for a year and then like they could get fired and then like they all go to like Kansas City or something like that. And then now like right. if I want to go with him and if it seems like my situation is going to get better there, like I have to pack up, go to Kansas City mm-hmm. and then I could be there for three years, pack up, go to New York. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or get a better job. You know, now I'm a receiver coach. Now I'm a coordinator. Like, all right, man, uh-huh. I ain't trying to do that, dog. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to make money passive income do what i'm doing with this media entertainment space and then you know be able to go to my son's rec league games you know and 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 coach him or something like that you know what i mean like i don't think as of right now i don't think i want to do it but that doesn't mean like maybe in a couple years that like i could change my mind but i don't i don't it's just too many hours for me to uh, i don't know i think the uh the positive thing with this pandemic is that like people really get a chance to know 
how they want to spend their time. And it sounds like you got a good handle on that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been, you know, since I've been out for going on two years, two football seasons, um, you know, I, I put together a lot of plans, you know, of what I wanted to do. Cause I was like, look, like I was training like super dummy hard in 2019 to like stay ready. Cause I thought I was going to get called. Right. Sure. Um, and I didn't. So like when it got down to like November ish, like around this time, like I started going like, well, shoot, like I can't do this all 2020 and like, you know, not do anything that sets me up to make money. Even right. though, like, I'm, I have a pretty decent cushion, but, like, I need to do something, like, to make some money. Um, and so, like, once 2020 hit, you know, still training. Um, I still train now. Um, it's not as serious as it was, like, last year. But if a team called me and needed me to come out there and do a tryout, like, I could do it and be fine. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, am I working out five days a week? Hell no. Nah. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right three to four times a week. Cause like I can go to like Exos and train two or three times, like like lifting and running. And then I can go boxing. I, I've been boxing a lot lately, so I can go boxing, which to me, I consider that a workout. Is that a football workout? No, but like, it's a workout to me. Right. I'm sweating. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, like my stuff isn't as like, and I'm not trying to get fat either. So, um, so many get fat, like once they stop playing, like, it sounds like you're not going to let yourself do that. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. It's because like, you know, you eat what you eat, you eat good. And then like, you're just like, I'm not going to work out. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. eat the same way. Like, and even for me, like this year, like I got into this really big bakery, like just two, three month bakery thing. Like I was eating apple pies after every dinner, cookies, you know, Cinnabons, like I was doing all that. And like, I didn't get fat per se, but I was losing like my definition and my like abs. And I was uh-huh. like, ah, uh, we can't do that. Uh, <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want to lose that. You know what I'm saying? Cause if I gain weight, it's in my stomach. It won't really go to my legs and stuff like that. So, um, I was like, nah, I ain't finna walk around here with the big Do- Pillsbury Doughboy stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, Bryce, man, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. We really appreciate your open and honesty and, and uh, really appreciate your time. No, I love, man. I appreciate you guys. Y'all got a dope podcast, man. Keep it up.